think you're good. Okay. Is that the volume you'll be in? Oh, I don't know. I'm not <laughs> screaming yell. Okay, perfect. <laughs> well, for those ones, maybe just back up just a little. <laughs> All right, welcome back to the To Be Here podcast. I'm sitting down with someone I don't have to introduce to you if you've been listening for a while, but if you haven't, I'm sitting down with my pastor, Pastor Eric, and it's so good to have you back. Thank you. It's good to be back. You're the first repeat on the To Be Here podcast. Wow. What an honor. So you're going to be famous now. <laughs> Uh, I'm so glad that you're always willing to do this. It's unfair to other humans that you don't get to preach to all of them all the time. So I'm like, I should at least share this with the world, uh, what I get every Sunday and Wednesdays and all that good stuff. So I'm glad that you're willing to answer questions that I have and like that I feel like I'm maybe not the only person that has those questions. Sure. sure. They're not topics that people regularly talk about. But Pastor Eric is here. I asked him to speak about um, spiritual warfare, mostly because that's like a super Christianese term that people are like, what even is that? How does, what? And um, then Sunday, he was preaching and kind of linked it in my brain to identity and like how we fight back knowing who we are Mm -hmm. um, and how we combat that. So I just wanted to like have a conversation about it. So I don't know if I have so many specific questions or like things like that, but more so like how would you... Like explain spiritual warfare to like a group of people who are like, what does that even mean for them? Okay, well, being that the scripture says in Ephesians six that we don't wrestle with flesh and blood, but uh, and then it gives this these descriptions of what we are actually at war with: principalities, powers, uh, spiritual wickedness in the heavenly places, um, and those are what would be defined as ranks, uh, like demonic ranks. Um, and, uh, so that there is a real devil. This is, there is a real God and we have to be alert and aware, um, of him and his devices. As Jesus made it very clear, he came to steal, kill and destroy. That's what the thief has come to do. Yeah. And Jesus said, but I've come that you may have life and abundance in this life. In other words, what he's saying is we're not on the same team. And so you can know if there is something at work in your life that is bringing destruction, death, or theft, that that's not from God, and that's something that you should stand against so that you can know just how clear the lines are. You know, um, the Word says that Jesus came for the pur- this purpose. He was manifested to us. To destroy the works of the devil so even jesus part of his mission was here to unravel undo uh, satan and his power over us so um what does that look like for us how do we combat that well jesus gave us a perfect example of how to combat uh, that because the devil is a liar which means he's talking to us he's an accuser the the script satan actually means accuser mm-hmm. and uh so he is out to destroy us with accusations and lies. And because if we believe those things that he says, then that's what we're going to experience because everything about our reality is about what we believe and our faith in God. So Jesus was tempted of the devil. And uh, before he even began his ministry, and he was led by the Spirit to go out to the wilderness to be tempted by him. And every time, with every temptation, there are three temptations. and. The, the enemy 
always first started with saying, if you are the son of God, attacking Jesus identity right up front, if you are the son of God, then do this. Well, Jesus responded with, it is written. He, he's the son of God. He's God in the flesh. He can do anything. Uh, he has the power to do anything, but he quoted the word of God. And he did that for us to know that the word is what you need to combat the lies of the devil, that yeah. you combat it with truth. Yeah. And uh, after he did that, uh, the enemy left him and he'll leave you. When you stand and fight and speak the word against his lies, what God has said. Isn't so, that so nice? Huh? Isn't that so nice? <laughs> yeah. And so the, the power is in the word. The yeah. power is in the word, not in our striving or really trying to overcome that evil temptation or whatever. Just to speak the word because uh, it's the, all the power that we need to overcome. Yeah. I loved how you put it on Sunday where you said, like, like what a weak way to try to tempt Jesus like yeah what are you gonna do question whether you're Jesus no <laughs> and I like thought about that I was like duh and then that got my wheels turning of just like the number of times I've like the lie has looked so close to the truth in my life like the devil's at least kind of tricky enough to be like well yeah that's true but also have you really thought about this and like mm -hmm. the lie looks so similar to what I know is true and then I'm like no, that's that. There's a weakness in that sentence that you said to me, or the thing that I'm trying that I'm trying not to believe it, about myself. So, to think through, what I really just need to do is like know who I am in Christ, know what He said is true about me. Yeah. Like that negates any lie that Satan could come up with at yeah. any time. Yeah. And I think that's like such a a clear way to see like that's the way He's going to come at you in like situations that are like personal. And maybe usually the ones that you fight without like noticing that you're fighting them yeah. is like, well, I have to deal with like my self-worth or like my insecurities and like things like that that people deal with. But in reality, like God, Jesus responded, like it is written. Here's the word. Here's what I've already said. Mm -hmm. Here's what God says. And this is what he says about you. All of that being in scripture. And like, that's how you come back with those kinds of temptations. That's exactly right. So, that's exactly right. Such a good thing. Um, what in the situations of like because you counsel a lot of people in that in different ways but like are there any situations where you where you feel like you've circled back a lot of the like this is your identity in Christ like have you circled back in that situation a lot where you just like walk people through like you have to remember who you are in those situations many times that's the root problem yeah yeah many times that's crazy um so and a lot of it has to do with just life experiences that they've had, maybe, uh, you know, raised in a home that's broken. And so it's hard for them to really, you know, know, know who they are or things happen at an early age that, you know, make, they were confident uh, at one point and all of a sudden uh, something happened and now they're not confident at all. Um, and uh, kind of the ground shifted out from under them. Yeah. And that's why we need... Uh, the Word of God, because it's what builds us, it's what strengthens us, it's what gives us the boldness and the confidence, so that our, our confidence is not in man, it's not in uh, the right set of circumstances. Uh, we have something more sure, mm -hmm. you know, than that. Even uh, Peter, when when he wrote his letters, he was recalling back uh, at a time when 
Jesus had Peter, James, and John go up on a mountain with him. And, um, and the scripture says that Jesus became glorified before them. You know, like his face shone like the sun and they saw the heavenly man. You know, I mean, I can't imagine what kind of experience that must have been for them. And he was talking about, we saw him there and we heard a voice speak out of the sky. This is my beloved son. But then Peter is very careful to tell us, but we have a more sure word of prophecy. Yeah. More sure than a voice booming from heaven. There's something more sure than that. And that is this written word of God. The scriptures are more sure because there are so many voices out there. And that's why we need the written word to know it so that we can know whether that voice is of God or whether it's not. Yeah, that's so good. I, my filter thought process when I am in moments of like, one, was that from the Lord? Because I don't really want to do whatever that was, like start a <laughs> podcast um, or things like that as I filter. Could I have thought of that on my own? Probably not. Um, is it bringing me life or is it bringing me death? And like, those are the things, like those are the three like possibilities, it's either my own thought, which sometimes more often than not lines up with not truth, um, something that's going to like bring death or something that's going to bring life. And like, I don't know if someone like coached me into doing that once or like just kind of instilled that in me, but it was more like the more I focused on like, okay, which piece of this is bringing me life? And that's where my focus is drawn. I feel like not that spiritual warfare or like things like that have gotten less frequent, but they've been less elongated like they don't mm -hmm. kind of tear me up as long as they usually yeah. do yeah which is kind of kind of cool to think through like even even if it was like a booming voice from the heavens like i could still be like definitely was god <laughs> but also there's a book so that kind of is helpful for me <laughs> just definitely. to have a backup in that in that way and like the assurance of who god is in those in those pages yes um i was trying to process through i have a a team of podcasty people who are helping me out uh, with this project, but we've been talking about like what our here is. Um, Cause I still want to keep that focus of that podcast being of like, this is right now. And like, I struggle with anxiety in the past and it like will come in ways of like, Oh, I'm totally not. It's not mine. Like it's, I don't like to like claim like I have anxiety. I don't, <laughs> I sometimes suffer from anxiety, but I don't have it. It's not mine. Um, and that's just a helpful thought process for me. But It'll like flare up in times and my here right now would be more like he's consistent no matter what I'm looking at. Yeah. Like in that, that's got to be like the focus. Um, and like Darian said in her podcast, like not better, just closer. Like I don't have to strive to be better at this whole Christian thing. Mm -hmm. I just have to be closer to him. Um, and then I was listening to a sermon yesterday day before yesterday which kind of like wrapped it all into this cute little bow for me um where the two com the two commandments of like love god then love people yeah. is such like a vertical and then horizontal thing yeah. like i can love people well um but if i'm not close to him like that comes first in order to love people well like i can do all of these things and strive to like accomplish and and reach out and pour into people's lives, but if I'm not pouring from a source of close to him, it's not really effective. Um, and I feel like our interactions with others is directly related to how close we are to God in that season. Like if I'm remembering to read my Bible and like 
spend that quiet time in prayer, like, I'm less likely to yell at the guy who just cut me off in traffic, per se. <laughs> but, like, if I haven't done that that day, like, he's definitely getting a 30-second lay on the horn until he looks back kind of thing. Um, and that was just, like, a nice way of thinking, like, that's the same same thing in, like, fighting back. Um, the devil was, like, the closer I am to him, the sharper my sword is to, to him, to combating those things, which is just a thought process tangent I went on for you, but um, that's kind of where I've been with that. So for you in this season, like where are you at and you're here in relation to like fighting back those kinds of flies and things? Um, my here right now has been an emphasis of the, of the Holy Spirit um, in, in my life, especially um, praying in other tongues. Mm-hmm. That has been something that he's been highlighting for me personally. And I can't tell you the um, the feeling that has come out of it. Just the inside, my uh, there's just been this spring of joy and uh, energy mm-hmm. um, that that has come with it. And I think the Lord's just teaching me some new things about something I've been very familiar with, you know, pretty much all my life, but. Also understanding that our lives are going in the direction of what we're saying. You know, our tongue is leading us. And he's given us that incredible gift of the baptism of the Spirit to help guide our lives in the direction of his will. Because the scripture says that he, the Spirit, intercedes for us according to the will of God. And as a result of that, the following verse, this happens to be Romans 8, and we know all things work together for good. So he's leading us in the good thing, you know, and we don't always know what to say and we don't always say the right thing with what we know to say. And that's why the spirit helps us in our weakness. And I'm grateful to that for, for that. And so it, it's just been a kind of a, a fresh approach, um, with God and, and just purposing to pray in the spirit, um, every day. And I pray in the spirit a lot, but just kind of putting this, personal discipline on it of, of every day, um, more than just kind of a frequent thing in my life uh, has just changed the dynamic. I don't know really how to explain it, but it's, it's really helped me a lot. Um, and also just the, uh, confession of his word, uh, being more in, intentional about that, you know, saying what the word says, um, about me, not just waiting until the situation arises before I go, oh yeah, what does the Bible say I should do in this moment? But just having a regular uh, confession of that, you know, speaking the word and thank you, Lord, that you've made me the righteousness of God uh, through Jesus and uh, your grace is greater uh, than my weakness. Thank you that when I woke up today, you, your mercies are brand new for me. And so I'm, I'm looking to those things and I'm paying attention uh, to your work in my life. And so that has been... Um, it's just been wonderful for beginning the year in this way. It's simple, mm-hmm. uh, but it's really all we need. Yeah, I love that. And then though you have a resource that is those daily proclamations. Mm-hmm. Where is that? Where on, our web, that? on our website yes. or on our app. On our app, One Cause uh, app, yes. Yep. Download that if you don't. Even if you don't go to our church, you can like access our podcast and those daily proclamations and things. I... It somehow got put on my computer in my preview, and I just never closed it, so now it just sits there. I don't even know how it ended up on my computer. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I opened it for some reason, 
and then I like read through them, but I never closed the window. So now every morning I just like pop it open. I'm like, oh yeah, and then it's just sitting there, which has been really really cool for me just to watch like one remembering those scriptures like without have like I could probably read through a couple of them and like not have to look at it, yeah. which for me is like mind blowing because <laughs> everyone's like. Aaron, isn't that in scripture? I was like, probably somewhere, but I couldn't tell you where. I'll Google it for you, though, if you want. Um, And I say that probably every podcast. So much easier to just say somewhere in the Bible. Somewhere in the Bible. Yeah, that's a really good quote of mine. (laughs) You're not alone. Yeah. Um, But that's definitely, like, that was one of my things for for this new year is to, like, be more aware of where things are in scripture. So when people ask, like, it's one thing to be like, well, it says somewhere in the Bible this, but when you quote that moment and, like, that's, that place that people yeah. are like a little bit more trusting of that response of, yeah. of like, Oh, you actually like are aware and you know, and like, you're not just telling me something to make me feel better. It's like, no, it says in where not that I can remember in this moment that we are the righteousness of God. <laughs> um, and that kind of thing. So that's been really cool for the new year. But I also appreciate the way that you've shared the spirit with us this in the beginning of the year, even with the survey says like it kind of flowed into it, but then uh-huh. you're kind of taking a break and bringing a little bit more emphasis on that. Um, one, I think it's really cool that God kind of put that on the people's heart. So to explain, I forget that I'm recording a podcast. Um, <laughs> our church did this thing where Pastor Eric asked us to say, like, what would you like to for us to talk about on Sunday mornings? And like, he made a, a couple sermons about um, the spirit and like the different avenues of it and speaking in tongues and, and how it works and who it is and all those things um, that can get confusing if you end up studying it by yourself and trying to figure that all out. Uh-huh. So guiding us in that, but also being vulnerable and saying like, this is something that I'm putting on my life and like doing right now. And I think that's just like a really awesome way to like lead a church. So appreciate you doing that. I think it's been really good for us as a, a congregation as an, and as, is as individuals. Um, <laughs> Which is really cool. So I I like where that's going. I loved last year, starting the year, the doors open. And I was like, I wonder how we're going to bring in 2020. I feel like we couldn't top that one. But it's definitely, I'm really enjoying it. I like, I love being there on Sunday morning. So it's nice. But I love you being there. Yeah, it's nice. I love it. Um, And then I had another question, but I lost it in my brain somewhere. Did you have another thought at all? on anything um yeah on the spiritual warfare thing yeah um just want to go back to that for just a moment um in just being you know when ephesians 6 talks about those things that we wrestle with and then it talks about how we overcome it this armor of god yeah right so uh, that helps us understand this is these are his tools this this is his weaponry and if we'll just apply it then that's that's all he's asking us to do. Mm-hmm. He he's given us all the resources for it, and the only offensive weapon in that armor is the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So, yeah. to combat by speaking the word, but the shield of faith is extremely important. Above all, it says, take the shield of faith, and with that shield of faith, you'll be able to quench or extinguish all the lies of the devil. It says, fiery darts. Mm-hmm. Uh, which are his lies. Um, and by faith, faith keeps you in truth. And it will help you also under, uh, see clearly what the lie is. And uh, your faith will be able to... And, and faith being that you believe the word and you speak the word. Yeah. So uh, the shield of faith and the sword of the spirit are, are both vital to um, your victory, 
your continuance in victory. Because really the truth is the devil is no match for um, God's power in, in, in your life. And when you continue to enforce that victory that he gave to us, you win. Yeah, oh, for sure. Would you mind touching what those other parts of that are for the listener? Yeah, there's yeah. the helmet of salvation, uh, the scripture says. And the helmet of salvation, this, this has to do with us, our minds, our thinking. And our, our minds are being, we need to renew our minds to this salvation that we have. That because, you know, we live in this body, it's not a justified, totally saved body. That's going to happen when we go to heaven, we get a new body. But for now, that's the struggle. It's the spirit against the flesh and the contrary to one another. So Paul said, with the mind, I serve the flesh. Or with the mind, I serve the spirit. It's, it's a choice. And having that helmet of salvation uh, is, is having it, uh, re renewing our minds to what Christ has done for us. And setting our minds on things above will help us be able to access the things of the Spirit and easier to live by the Spirit. Then there's the belt of truth. Uh, that belt of truth is what holds everything together. You know, you've wrapped yourself in truth. There's the breastplate of righteousness, with, which um, speaks of who we are, that which covers our heart. Uh, we've been made righteous by faith in Him, period. Yeah. And... Uh, being girded with that, the breastplate of righteousness is that which helps us understand, keeps our identity intact. Again, uh, we are the righteousness of God. And then our feet um, ready with the gospel of peace. That is that we're, we're ready to go. And, and think about this. This is part of this warfare is going and declaring yeah. this gospel to others. And that's, well, I guess that's another offensive weapon. But, yes. And then praying, praying always, uh, praying in the spirit um, for others as well as, you know, ourselves. And that, that's basically the armor in a nutshell. Yeah. Sweet. Thanks. Just, that was just, I knew you would be able to explain it better than me. So I was just like, I'm going to let you finish that one too. Yeah. Um, that is a good one. We did that. Um, it was like two or three months ago in youth we talked about the armor of god and it was it was cool to see them i had them in groups following that week um talk about like which one of those pieces they feel like they have a really good grasp on like they always remember the head of salvation or they always have their feet ready to to share but what's the one that they like sometimes forget to put on um during the day and it was really cool to see them be like i don't i don't think i really use the sword and i was like what <laughs> but it's just cool to see um, them think through those processes. And it was good for me, too, to just think, like, there are parts of that, like, I am super secure in my salvation and my, in my righteousness in God. Like, I know those things are true. But how often am, am I willing and able and ready to, like, share the gospel with someone without being like, uh, I don't really know how to come across without, yeah. you know? Yeah. So that was really fun for, for us to walk through that. Well, I think a, a good example of that is, you know, you look at the story of David and he shows up to the battlefield where his brothers are because his dad wanted him to go check in on them and come back and bring him news how they were doing and mm -hmm. how the war was going because Israel was at war with the Philistines. And when he gets there, sure enough, Goliath, this giant, walks out and begins to say, send me a man. So he offered this challenge to Israel for uh, one man on another, he would challenge one man. So it wasn't going to be army against army. 
And so whoever won this hand-to-hand combat between these two men, um, if Israel prevailed against Goliath, that their man, then, then uh, Israel would win the war. And if Goliath won, then Israel was going to lose the war. So 40 days he'd been challenging. Nobody was taking up on this challenge. I mean, he was huge. And David shows up this day and he comes out and he says, what, what is going on around? Because he sees everybody kind of run, run and scatter. And, and then people start telling him, oh, uh, yeah, whoever kills this giant, they're going to get the king's daughter. They're going to get, they're going to be tax free and they're going to be rich. And David's like, well, that sounds like a pretty good cause. But, uh, and he'd asked three times. He wanted to make sure he heard exactly what that person gets. So I said, you know, I'll take him. So one of Saul, King Saul's servants over here. And so they're like, come with me, young man. They take him before the king and the king's looking at him and, and he says, uh, how in the world are you possibly going to do this? I mean, this giant out here is not just a giant. He is a well-trained giant. Since his youth, you're just a boy. And then David says, well, I've had some experiences. And um, I'm a shepherd and had a lion come out one time to take one of my sheep. And I chased him down and I beat him to death and took the, the, the lamb from his mouth. And then a bear did the same thing and I treated him with the same disdain. This, this Philistine's not going to be indifferent. Can you imagine what this king's thinking like? Really? <laughs> yeah. That's what you're confident in? We could, you beat a lion and a bear, but this is a giant who's heavily armed and heavily trained. And so Saul says, well, all right. Um, here, put on my armor. And David puts on the king's armor. And he is going to go out to the battle with the king's armor. And he realizes, wait a second. This isn't how I fight. This may be how you fight. But this is not my, this isn't my stuff. And, you know, so he begins to peel off that armor because here's what David did know. He had already been anointed king. It just wasn't time yet. But God had already chosen him. And David thought, I don't need the armor of the king. I already have the anointing. That's, yeah. that's all I need. Yeah. And so he did it with a slingshot because it really didn't matter what he had in the natural. Mm-hmm. He was going to use what he had. Yeah. But he had the anointing of the Spirit on it. And so David even later said, God trains my hands for war. Imagine that. I don't need man's weaponry. I have God's training. And that's what this this armor of God is. It's his way of winning. And isn't it interesting that these things are not things that we they're not of the flesh. It's salvation. That's kind of ethereal and vague. Righteousness. That again, these are, but these are ways that we win. Yeah. Faith. Yeah. A preparation to preach. The sword of the spirit. And but the way the sword of the spirit becomes a very active in the physical is, it's our mouth. We yeah. open our mouth and declare the word. So, that's what I love. It's it's His power working in us, and we us resting in His power. But also, 2 Corinthians 10, verse 4 says, The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, um, but they are mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. When I was a kid, um, there was a lot of talk about strongholds and us, you know, speaking to the sky and commanding the strongholds of our city to be broken and, you know, the, rebuking the power of the devil. And uh, we were zealous, but not real informed. And because the next verse shows us what the strongholds are for pulling down strongholds. And then it says, casting down 
arguments. And every high thing, we're talking about the things up here in the head that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Pride, lies, you know, our way against the knowledge of God, bringing into captivity every thought. See, the stronghold many times is right up here in our heads. Mm -hmm. But it's easier to kind of leave it out there in the spiritual realm so that we don't have to be responsible for changing the way we think. Yeah. You know, we like to say, well, I can't help that. It's just the way I think. Well, you need to understand that you actually have control if you'll take control. And you don't have to let every thought plague you. Yeah. You can overcome that by casting it down. What that means is you get the word in your mouth and you begin to say what God says and you can change the way you think by saying it. Your thoughts follow your confession. Mm -hmm. And before long, this is how you renew your mind. Yeah. By getting the word, letting your own ears hear this truth again and again, and it begins to reshape and mold your mind to the mind of Christ. But it is a process. Yeah, you know, It's something that we have to be diligent to do. Yeah, and I... I think it's not only it's a process, but it's like a discipline too. Like it, it's not like you do it and you get good at it and then it's just the way that you are. Right. Because um, the devil's always trying to, like it's not stopping at any time. Right. But, um, but to like continue doing that like from the beginning to the end of that. Because I've, I've definitely seen it in my life of where I've been really like disciplined in it and really good at it. And then those other times where I'm like, uh, that was a really rough patch. Definitely on me though. <laughs> Sure, so, sure. Um, well, could you have the you have three forces that are working against the knowledge of God? It's the world. Mm -hmm. John teaches us, us this: the world, the flesh, and the devil. Yeah. One you're living in every day, <laughs> this <laughs> yeah. flesh. And as we all know, if we've been a Christian for just five minutes, we realize that the desires of the flesh are not what our real desires are. Mm -hmm. Because as a child of God, our desires are to please God. We really want to do the right thing. There's yeah. something, we want to live a life that pleases God. Mm -hmm. But the enemy comes in and he begins to help us try to get us identified with the flesh. Mm -hmm. And when we identify with the flesh as a Christian, all we see is failure. Yeah. All we see is, well, I, I, there's something wrong with me. Why, why, why do I keep thinking? Why do I keep wanting the wrong thing? It's not you. Mm -hmm. It's not you. You got to remember, you are the spirit man, yeah. and you you're housed in this flesh that does not want to please God. Yeah, it's the way it is. So you have to choose that you're going to live by the spirit and take control, not let the flesh have its way with you. Yeah, and I I think that all comes in the time that you spend with him too. It's a Proverbs four somewhere, I think. Really don't want to quote myself um, where it says take delight in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. Is that Proverbs? That's Psalms. Chapter. Psalms. Dang it. Yeah, no, that's good. That's close though. It's next it's door. somewhere right there. <laughs> but it is verse 4. Thanks. It's Psalms chapter 37. Four. Now, I'm saying that and now I'm going to have to check my Bible to make sure that, that <laughs> is actually what that says. I'm pretty sure it's Psalms 37. 4. It's something 4 and starts with a P. I can say that confidently. <laughs> yeah. Psalm 37, 4. Delight yourself also in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Yes. And for the longest time in my head, when I read that, I was like, oh, like the Lord, he'll give me what I want. Incorrect. The time that I spent with him to delight in him and to spend time with him and to know his word and, and the things that he desires then become what my desires are. Like my, not so much my flesh changes, but my mind and my thoughts and my heart changes into what he wants which becomes the same thing. And that's when we see the fruit of that and like the things that he's doing as blessings towards us versus 
if we think like um, I'm trying to think of like an example that's like broad I don't know anyways say you want something or your flesh wants something and if you see God in the with the perspective of like he's not letting me have that because he doesn't want me to have good things and he's <laughs> trying to damper my good time versus he's withholding those things because they're not good like he's protecting me from that right. whatever my flesh is desiring right. um, well if, and, and but the truth is your your spirit also has his desire so yeah. your spirit is the one that's speaking to you as well because it's a he's joined to the lord as one spirit with him so you are in perfect harmony spiritually speaking with him yeah and uh and, and that this comes back to the identity thing when we identify ourselves as already in right standing with god in other words we have his desires yeah but it's that flesh that's fighting us mm -hmm. and that's why paul said we we don't regard anybody according to the flesh anymore we we see a greater reality we are the children of god we we are the righteous ones in the earth and if people will get will see themselves as he sees us if we'll see ourselves as he sees us then it'll help us in the way we pray mm -hmm. um, many times uh, a lot of prayer is like oh god i don't know if this desire that i have, i don't know if it's of god or if it's if it's just a selfish i don't want to pray the wrong thing because i got to pray according to his will it's just this constant like listen he wants us confident in our prayers mm -hmm. and and when we come before the throne of grace he says come boldly before the throne of grace yeah. Because he knows who we are. Yeah. And he needs us to know who we are. And so I say, don't be afraid to pray those desires. I, I would say you're more likely to pray the right thing than you are not. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. It's true. I agree. It's true. You really are. But um, his, his desires are big. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes that's scary for us to say because it's so outside of our wheelhouse, you know. And, oh, yeah. Uh, but he's always calling us to greater things. And like you were talking about, does it bring life or does it bring death? Mm -hmm. Does it expand or does it add to? Does it multiply? Does it increase? Yeah. And those are all aspects of God. Yeah. That's true. I love it. So good. Uh, any other final thoughts? I didn't have a whole lot of questions. I just really did want a conversation about yeah. it. And just, I feel like those were really good examples too. Like you even brought, the, I didn't even think through the David Goliath story, but when you were saying it, I was like, oh, absolutely. That's a perfect example um, for someone to think through and to process and something that a lot of people just know that story too. So that's really good. But yeah. Any other thoughts? Yeah, I do have one, one last thought just Go came, came to, came to my head because this is something that we, um, either through just our own minimalizing in our thinking or, um, kind of man is just so good at being religious mm -hmm. or just so, and what I mean by religious is going into a merit system with God. Yeah. And, and that's something that we trip up over uh, from time to time. Some all the time because that's all they know. That's all they've been taught is, mm -hmm. you know, you got to please God or you got to get right with God. And, you know, you have to do more good than bad. And, you know, <laughs> like you're you're climbing up a ladder, you know, mm -hmm. to heaven. And this next rung is, is you do one good deed, it's going to take you up. If you do a bad deed, it's going to take you down. And uh, Christianity... Grace is no, nowhere on a merit system. It's God being good to us, gifting us with grace and us believing it. But I, I, I heard this a lot also when my, some of my growing up was religious and I still hear it today. And I, I know the intent is right, but really 
it is such a an ugly mask of false humility and it keeps people thinking small and living small and that is quoting uh, who Jesus said was the greatest person ever born John the Baptist no doubt if Jesus says he was then he was mm-hmm. and John said these words I must decrease he must increase and I must decrease and that People take that mantra, you know, oh, I must decrease and he must increase. But do you know what you're saying when you say that? Is this is this kind of scratching an itch to make you feel better about, okay, see, I'm showing my humble position. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know this is really what needs to happen, but here's the thing. You're in him and he's in you. John did not have the reality that you have. And first of all, John's ministry was a temporary ministry. I'm here to prepare the way of the Lord. That's it. There is a time, there's a beginning and there's an end to what I'm doing. Yeah. I can only prepare so long. When he gets here, guess what? The preparation's over. Yeah. Right? And so when when when, when Jesus did come on the scene, that's when John began to say, he must increase and I must decrease. In other words, my dispensation of time is over. Yeah. Now he's taking it from here. I've done what I'm, I'm here to do. But... And so not realizing what the context of that is, people take it, it just sounds so humble and it sounds so good, but it's so wrong. Yeah. If he increases, we increase. Because yeah. we're in him and he's in us. Yeah. Amen. And uh, so we need to buy into that truth, to believe that truth. Yeah, that's good. Amen. That's like my least favorite phrase is, less of me and more of him. Um, yeah. When people say it in that context. I so. know, I am second. Uh, and I appreciate the intent and the, I really do. I, I get it. On one level. But I also get to be first. Yeah. <laughs> he brought, think about it. He seated us in heavenly places with him. That's what yeah. the word says. That's first place. Yep. Sounds good to me. I'll <laughs> I'm, take it. I'm first because Jesus made me first, not because I did. Yeah. Amen. Absolutely. Well, sweet. Thanks again for being on my podcast. You're welcome. Are you done with me? Are you kicking me off of here? I don't have to. You can keep talking. (laughs) They'll keep listening. That's what the great part is, is they'll Uh, just keep playing it. Oh, that's all right. And I'll keep going. Um, Yeah, I didn't have a whole lot. I really did just like want to have a conversation about it and just see where it could go. And and the people listening, I feel like the nice part of what this podcast has turned into is just being conversations and and learning and growing and and enjoying that part of it. So like even the other podcasts that I've like, I've listened back to a lot of them, not in like a narcissistic way, but kind of because I'm like, I want to make sure I didn't sound dumb. Um, so I don't know if that's narcissistic or like. I listen to my podcast insecure. too. Okay, cool. I'm, yeah, you just want to get you want to get better, yeah. and you want to make sure you're articulating these things because you have a you have a uh, an audience yeah. you know that's listening, and you want to do the best you can for them. So, yes. uh, absolutely. But I also am learning a lot from the people that I sat with because I have the conversation with them. And I go back and listen, I was like, I don't remember having, you said that? That was really good. Yes. Um, so it's been really fun. But yeah, that's yeah. all. Unless you have anything else to tell the listeners. So some ways, just some good practical things for this year. Yes. Are, um, Boom, because you are the first ha- podcast of the year. Oh, wow. <laughs> have, have a non-negotiable time every day in the Word of God. Yeah. Even if you can just steal a couple of verses. And let me recommend really saturate yourself in the letters of Paul. Okay. You know, especially if you're having a hard time understanding who you are or, um, you know, what, what the practical thing about our Christianity looks like. It really starts because he's the apostle to the Gentiles and Jesus taught Paul 
what to teach us. Think about that. We wouldn't know anything about Jesus mm -hmm. if it hadn't been for this apostle. Matter of fact, if, you, if you're just looking at Jewish Jesus, he's kind of mean. Because mm. I'm not sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. I don't have time for Gentiles. Yeah. And we look at that and go, well, Jesus, that's <laughs> me. Well, no, he was on a mission, yeah. and his mission was to God's people. And over time, through his blood that was shed for the sins of the world, God opened the door to all of us. And so we needed an apostle to teach us Gentiles because it's different. Yeah. You know, it's a different, different. Uh, the, now, faith is the foundation to all of faith in Christ, but our living and the way what, that we work out this salvation mm -hmm. is it looks different you know they still live by the law and you know the, the law to the jew is a blessing to us it's a hammer thank you <laughs> right it is an enemy to us yeah. so we have paul teaching us what life in christ looks like so i, I would say romans and ephesians especially i spent a lot of time in in those two books in particular um, because Rome, uh, Ephesians is such a beautiful book. It and Colossians are very similar. They call them like sister books or mirror books, but Ephesians is six chapters. The first three chapters are all about your position in Christ. Mm -hmm. You'll see this phrase over and over again, in him, in him, in him, in him. It just hammers away at it. Yeah. Those, and then chapters four through six are the practice. You have the position and the practice. You have to know who you are first before you know how to practice what you're doing yeah. if you get it the other way around you'll get you just get goofy even if you're just sold out to reading jesus writings and trying to take his commands and live by them without knowing who you are you can be messed up well jesus said if your right hand offends you cut it off so let, you have to know what he's talking about the context of that yeah. otherwise you're going to have an eye plucked out and a hand cut off you know uh, and jesus wasn't he wasn't mincing words there he was preaching very much under the context of the law. So Paul helps us understand even Jesus' writings. When you have a good understanding of him, then you'll understand kind of the, the time and the audience. Because the Bible is made up of dispensations of time and audiences. Yeah. And you have to know who's when it's talking to you. Uh, not all the Bible's to you, but all of it is for you. Yeah. And so you need to live where it's to you and learn from where it's for you. Yeah. You know? So... I would say, uh, it's, and then if, if you're not baptized in the Spirit, or if you are, do it. Pray in the, pray in the Spirit. And um, and Erin can, of course, if you have any questions about that, she can definitely, you can contact her and she can help you with that. But it's such a wonderful way to connect with God. The Scripture teaches us that we build ourselves up. You know, we edify our own selves, but we also help pray for others and we speak the mysteries of God. And I want to do everything I can to, proclaim his mysteries in the earth and his secrets in the earth and uh, because the spirit is here to reveal those things i'd also say be regular in church mm -hmm. be regular at least weekly at least once a week be in church that's going to help strengthen your life help build you up also be a giver contribute to the kingdom of god put your money into an eternal thing you know, you, we're spending our money on various things, but the things that we see, the things that we live around, those things are going to grow old. You know, they're just not going to last. But when you can invest a monetary thing into an eternal purpose, wow, that is really extraordinary. And the cool thing is God even offers benefits to doing that, to bringing back to you in the physical realm uh, monetary blessings. So uh, it's just so wonderful. And, and then lastly... Um, 
don't forget to tell your story. Yeah. Somebody needs to hear your story. God has put you in a sphere of influence. There are people in your life that need to hear what Jesus has done for you. Yeah. So, yeah. Read the Word. Pray how you know to pray. Pray in the Spirit. Be in church. Give and share your story. Share your story. There you go, everyone. That's your list of things to do for 2020. Uh, thanks for listening, and we'll see you right back here next time.